Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 59 of the 167 podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church with my good friend Josh Harrell, our media pastor. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going okay. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like I finally uh, come out of the first of the year stuff yeah. that everyone has, yeah, even though it's the end of January almost, but yeah. It's like, all right, now let's get going. But I'm going good, but yeah. how are you doing? Because the day that this episode drops, I'm you're going to be at Magic Kingdom. in the happiest place in the world? Oh, or? no, that's church. Oh, good answer. I like it. <laughs> yeah. But I will be in the secular world's happiest place, <laughs> which is Disney. Las Vegas. Oh, Dis- okay. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I've always wanted to go to Las Vegas. I've never wanted to go to Las Vegas. But do you know why I want to go to Las Vegas? The buffets? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> Are you it. Are yes. That's the only <laughs> reason I why, want to go. That would be why Drew would want to go. Like, yeah. I go see a show or two, but I really want to go eat at the restaurants in Las Vegas. Like, I want to go to all the fancy buffets, and then I want to eat at, like, Gordon Ramsay's places. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have never... I There's nothing about it I want to go, because, yeah. yeah, so... And I have friends, like, I went to a school, my college, where a lot of, there's, it was like a performing arts school, even though it, but there was, I mean, it was well known for it, but mm-hmm. I was like an average PR major, so. Um, but I have a lot of friends that are dancers and performers, and so a lot of them would end up out in Vegas. And um, even in, like, the early days when they were all going out there getting jobs, it's like, no, I really don't want to come out. They're like, come out, it'll be fun. No, I'm no, good. Yeah. I'm good, thanks. No, no. Gambling isn't my thing. Yeah. Um, no. The shows I could take or leave now. Depends on the show, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't want to see Celine Dion. Well, I do think it's cool, like, the residency things. Like, Adele yeah. was supposed to have yeah. one that she had to cancel. And, I would, you know, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'd do that. I mean, listen, if someone had given me a ticket to Celine Dion and I lived around there, I would have, heck yeah, I would have gone. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But. It's all about the food for me. <laughs> it's all about the food. <laughs> hey, I want to give a shout out to um, Kelly Hunt, who is someone who listens to the podcast all the time. And Thanks, I, Kelly. Yeah, and I ran into her husband and at, uh, where were we? I don't know. Somewhere. I don't know. Lunch. Ran into him. And he's like, hey, my wife listens all the time and loves the podcast. So mm. I wanted to let her know. Hey, oh. thanks for listening. I wanted to give a shout out too. To, to whom? Evan Rourke. Evan. He is a staple at the porch. He's been around <laughs> since before I was here. He's been around. He's le- they moved away. They moved back. Yeah. Yep. And he's, he's an active part of the tech team. Mm-hmm. And he is fine. He said, I'm finally catching up on the podcast. So thanks, Evan. Hey, Evan. I'll see you at 1230. <laughs> you getting your haircut? Today, yeah. <laughs> so if he's listening on Thursday, <laughs> He'll be it's like, already happened. Hey. <laughs> oh, the wonders of technology. Yep. Anything else going on? Um, I'm just we're we're leaving for the trip and I'm just trying to So this will be the girls' first Disney yeah. experience. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm You've trying You've been before. I've been before. I've been twice and then I took care of her first time. <clears throat> okay. So 
but I'm trying to get a week's worth of stuff done mm-hmm. in two days. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, it's difficult, especially like, when it's a Monday or a yeah. Tuesday. Like, yeah. vacations are hard, like... <coughs> Excuse when, me. When I used to have, like, that minimum wage job, <laughs> and you could just, like, if you I, weren't I there... I will be here. If, <laughs> if, like, if you're not there, who cares, right? Other minions will take care yeah. of it. <laughs> but in but in adult land... Yeah, when you're, you're Gru, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I said minion, so I went with Gru. I don't know. But well, but when uh, you have real responsibilities at your job, yep. it's like if you don't do them, no one's going to do them. So you got so you have to get everything done mm-hmm. before you leave. Yep. So or they don't happen. Or they don't happen. Yeah. So, well, I hope you guys have a great time. I'm excited. I'm sure you will. I'm sure yep. you will. So um, today I wanted to jump into a topic which I think will be a very good bridge to um between where we are right now our series in the bible Mm -hmm. and where we're going in Mm -hmm. two weeks because we're going to be wrapping up um the bible series this sunday january 30th um and then the following week we're going to be uh, a series called toxic theology and looking at at those things that have been kind of just misconstrued misinterpreted just warped and and we've just attached them to Christianity. I don't want to. That's where we're going. So I think what we're going to talk about today is a really good bridge. It's something that we have kind of maybe touched on a little bit. Yeah, we've never actually had a main topic, right? On it, but it's this whole idea. And if you listen, if you know, listeners, um, if you listen to other podcasts or read or follow, um, pretty much just any kind of social media or media at all. You've probably heard of the term deconstruction or someone who is deconstructing their faith. Yeah. Um, That's kind of a hot button topic, even though, well, we'll get into that in a minute. But along with it is this other term. Um, So you've got deconstruction or someone might say, I'm deconstructing my faith, or you could refer to them as a deconstructionist. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they're also attached to that is people who would say that they are an ex-evangelical. Yeah. Meaning a former evangelical, mm-hmm. um, so they call you know exvangelicalism. So yeah, and so those are kind of synonymous. Um, we, some might say they've deconstructed their faith and they weren't an evangelical to begin with, so they're not an exvangelical, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you will find this by and large are one and the same. Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to find someone that's in the public eye still mm-hmm. that has gone through what they call deconstruction. Yep. Uh, not an evangelical, right? Because they because they're the ones that are very mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, and I think it's again, I think it's it's kind of a a word that's being used a lot right now mm-hmm. for maybe a lot of people that over years, decades, you know, um, maybe they they left their faith. Maybe they were Catholic. Maybe they were Anglican. Maybe they were of a faith that didn't really that didn't attach evangelicalism to their name. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did, in effect, deconstruct their faith and go, eh, I don't, I don't really believe this, and, and leave. They just didn't have a label for it, or right. they didn't attach mm-hmm. one themselves. So there was this book um, that I have not read completely. I have read large excerpts of. It's not super long. Um, it was written in 1985. So how old were you, Josh? I wasn't born yet. Negative something. <laughs> Negative six. <laughs> so uh, a 1985 book, and it's titled Amusing Ourselves to Death. 
which sounds just really exciting. It was written by a, a gentleman named Neil Postman. And in this book, what he does, and follow me, everyone, if you will, um, he looks, he takes this look at what happens when um, politics and journalism, education, and religion. Now, remember, this is 85. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was pre-social media, pre, I mean, uh, information at your fingertips, yeah. right? This yep. was, you still had to go to an encyclopedia. and you still, mm-hmm. But even in 85, he was writing about, it was this look at what would happen when, when politics, journalism, education, religion become subject to the demands of media and entertainment. Oh. I mean, so this was like, in some ways, like prophetic. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> he 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 posited that in the future, right, that we would be oppressed not by an outside force like Big Brother, as George Orwell painted in in the novel 1984, right? right. But he kind of, like I said, prophetically, <laughs> um, said this is quote: people will come to love their oppression to adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. What? And he pointed to Aldous Huxley's um, book, Brave New World, because that was, you know, those were kind of the, the books that were out at that time that were like, whoa, this is what the future holds for us. And so Postman predicted that with the rise of technology, again, remember the time frame. Yeah. This is 85. With the rise of technology and communication, People wouldn't be deprived of information, but rather they'd be given so much that they would become passive and egocentric. Welcome to 2022. I mean, oh my goodness. So you fast forward 37 years to internet, Mm -hmm. to smartphones, Mm -hmm. to everything. I mean, news breaking so fast that often social media breaks news before news organizations break news oh that happens all the time i mean yeah and postman's words are i mean really are like kind of ring with a chill of a prophetic accuracy um Mm. and this is this was something that he wrote quote he feared that quote truth would be lost in a sea of irrelevance Mm. Mm. Mm mm-hmm and so I think in many ways his fears have come to pass, it seems. Um, because every time we turn around, there's there's another, as I mentioned at the beginning, there's another deconstruction story of a... Usually we don't hear the stories unless it's a well-known person. Right. Right, but a well-known Christian um, who now claims to be an ex-evangelical. Um, and it's just like truth has been lost in a sea of irrelevance for a lot of these people. So I I just found that to be so, so interesting, which I think sets the stage for our conversation today. Um, So I guess I'll give a little definition for what deconstruction is. Um, Of course, I could have just rattled off what I my opinion of it but I I looked it up and kind of found a few kind of the common definition I, I found is is this it's the process of questioning doubting and ultimately rejecting aspects of the christian faith that sounds like destruction not deconstruction (laughs) very that's a good yeah i mean i think i think deconstruction is them putting key gloves on what they're actually doing Mm -hmm. it's more to me everything i've read about deconstruction Mm -hmm. and the research i was doing last night just exemplified that it's more of Mm -hmm. a road of self-destruction than 
mm-hmm. like your spiritual self-destruction than than any kind of deconstruction. Yeah, and I think that's that's very true because I I, I mean you you said destruction. Um, my thoughts were I, I think de deconstruction is like a polite way of saying like demolition. Yeah, <laughs> like just coming well, in and knocking it over. And yeah, go ahead. Well, it, and. So when I think about deconstruction, you know, uh, it, it kind of goes to what you said in your message last Sunday was the Bible doesn't change, we change. Mm-hmm. And sometimes to grow, you got to take a couple walls down to grow. Yes. And that's a perfect example in my spiritual walk is that I had to take down some of those walls I'd put up around my mm-hmm. spiritual faith of like of perceptions that I had. That keep that kept me from being who who I am that right. God really wants me to be. Yeah, and I think that kind of deconstruction mm-hmm. is the actual what spiritual deconstruction should be because you don't deconstruct something to not put something bigger and better in its place. Mm-hmm. You demolish something to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think you're you're so so right, and I think we'll we'll as we talk about this, we're gonna see that today. Um, you know. It just, it. I have to try and sit here and think of, of try to put myself in the position of someone who has deconstructed their faith. And I will admit it's difficult for me because I feel as if, I say it's difficult for me, but I, you know, I've shared my story before. I had some information about God and Jesus mm-hmm. and the church and all these things as a younger person. But they didn't click with me, so I never claimed like a you know a faith. Yeah. But I would say just by my uh, my view of things, in mm-hmm. many ways, I had kind of deconstructed even the little bit that I had been given. Mm-hmm. Um, or at best, maybe I just kind of pushed it to the side. Like, yeah. Whether this is important or not, don't really care. Gonna mm-hmm. do my own thing. So I guess in some ways, I feel like I have a revert. Like I've had a construction. Mm-hmm of faith and i had it as an adult Mm -hmm. which of course gives me a different um experience than than someone like you who kind of just grew up in the church yeah like like, you didn't know and it was just like here it was and and i get why then someone who just had it and then suddenly questions things Mm -hmm. might want to do that but but i think you're so right like the difference between deconstructing versus demolishing um I think for those who use the title exvangelical, mm-hmm. it seems as if maybe the reason they go with the deconstructing part is because I think they want to remove um, aspects of evangelicalism. Yeah. Um, and I think you could just c- directly correlate that to um, uh, white conservatism. Mm-hmm. And neo uh, Republican neo Calvinism. Yeah, yeah, I think it just paints this this assumption of if you're an evangelical, you're this, mm-hmm. and and therefore they want to deconstruct that. They want to take that part out of their faith. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I think by and large, it's much more of a. I said demolition. You said a destruction. Destruction. Yeah, of of all that. So. Um, so let me repeat. So the deconstruction is the process of questioning, doubting, and ultimately rejecting aspects of Christian faith. Now, and I'll say this because I want to make you know, our listeners, you know, make make this clear to them, is 
and I and you've heard me say this before, but like to to openly, I mean, not even like hidden, like, but but to be okay to investigate mm-hmm. a question that you have, uh, yeah. the nuances of belief. Um, like you said, Josh, changing some of your convictions that you held that you thought were unchangeable, mm-hmm. um, that is a totally biblical concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not deconstruction in and of itself. That's, uh, I, I don't know, that's... Growth. That's the journey. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, but modern deconstruction, it usually means replacing uncomfortable tenets of, of their faith yeah. with... I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and, with culturally acceptable or personally popular ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds probably like a cop out. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna win over a deconstructionist. They're not in this conversation. They're not listening. <laughs> I mean, why would they be? I don't know, but maybe I just. But so so beyond the term of deconstruction, let's talk about this for just a moment. Um, is the, is that evangelical? And the definition for that is those who have deconstructed from their previous evangelical beliefs. So Okay, so before we get too far into ex-evangelical, mm-hmm. let's say I'm listening. Can you give me a description of what evangelical means? Um, so where we get our word evangelism mm-hmm. from that. So uh, an evangelical will be someone who is... Who is I mean, I, I'm an evangelical. I am too. So someone who is um, willing to or to go out to state to say in their faith that it there is a that there is a need for an acceptance of Jesus Christ that apart from Him you are you will not be part of the eternal life that is offered um, in heaven. That there will be a there will be a hell, a punishment, a place that that you will spend eternity. Um, it very you know and come to this faith. There's a need for you to come to this faith, which we could go back into a whole other side conversation about how mm-hmm. it's interesting how some like five point Calvinists would say they're evangelicals, because <laughs> um, then you get into the whole deal about free will and sharing Jesus and all that. But we anyway 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 anyway. <laughs> um, how would you say? How would you define it? Um, I would. Someone that is proactive in sharing the gospel of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's about as simple as as new soup to nuts as I can ex- as I can understand mm-hmm. it. I think what you'll also, you'll find is that um, some of the faiths that are much more uh, liturgical, um, that are much more. Um, uh, I, I don't know, like you would find uh, like Episcopalians, mm-hmm. um, Catholics, Lutherans, um, some Presbyterians, uh, some Methodists, I would say even. But they would not term themselves as evangelicals. Now, they're not denying, but mm-hmm. it's just like the the way in which they approach faith and share faith is, is different. Yeah. So, um, so, again, I think that whole term, ex-evangelical... I don't know. It's kind of one of those catch terms, like oh, yeah. oh, it makes you think about it. So, well, and, and I don't. I say that like oh, but I don't. I don't want to make light of it. I, but yeah, I'll be, you know where I stand. So yeah. Whatever. Well, be, and the reason I asked that is because when I was uh, <clears throat> researching it deeper into ex evangelical, because I have I have knowledge of it because a lot of the people that we're going to talk about all were 
in the early 2000s were really on fire so when for Christ so when they fell when they deconstructed you can't I kind of had to go well what what happened you know yeah so yeah why I, did that yeah but then researching last night I actually went to the deconstruction and ex evangelical like um mm-hmm. Wikipedia page <laughs> yeah <laughs> I always start at Wikipedia it, like I mean, it just gives you a good overview of pretty much everything but it was talking about how evangelical is the largest religion in the world. Mm-hmm. But evangelical it, isn't a it, religion. It crosses over all yeah. deno- many denominations. So, so and... if there is a misunderstanding at large of what evangelical is, there's going to be an extreme misunderstanding of what an ex-evangelical mm-hmm. even thinks they are. Right. Mm, that's a good point. So... Uh, most people that call themselves ex-evangelicals aren't evangelical. I think they don't want to use the word fundamental, but that's yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like they were part of a fundamentalist church, a church that was very like, and and I would say like very like these are the rules. You follow yep. these. You don't do that. You do this. You don't wear that. You don't listen to that. You don't do this. You, I mean, by and large, some of the people that the names that I know of of people who have left the faith and been open about it and it's been out there, um, that was their uh, their background. And we're not talking about like hardcore traditional churches either. Like mm-hmm. the fundamentalist, when, we're, when we say fundamentalist, it crossed all borders of style of worship. and Yeah. And that's what I really want to make clear is that a lot of these that I know mm-hmm. were associated with either mega churches yeah. or mega ministries. Super modern worship yeah. with, you know... like. The ones, the ones that are public, were like pioneers in the. Re- most of them were pioneers in the Reformed theology movement. Mm-hmm. They maybe that's the better term, the Reformed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's where you find a lot of the even ex-evangelicals, yeah. you know, kind of coming out of there. So, um, I think that's clear as mud for our listeners now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so, as as the topic of deconstruction becomes more prevalent. Obviously, so have the number of people who identify as evangelicals. It's like, oh, here's something I'll, you know, yes, that's what I am. I didn't know there was a name for it, you know, kind of a thing. Um, almost regularly, a prominent former evangelical seems to be renouncing their faith in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but advocating for deconstruction or using the term deconstruction in their explanation of why they... Mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. so i asked josh to do a little homework and to k- kind of see um who are some of those people and and even though the names might not be familiar to some of you the the like josh was just saying like the the influence they had or the positions or mm-hmm. or maybe who they were connected to is is kind of important yeah as, as far as christianity goes mm-hmm. so there's this um <clears throat> and i'm going to focus on the ones that i actually knew of and kind of grew up on Mm -hmm. or some that have affected my life as an adult. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, this guy named Josh Harris, (laughs) Yep. he, at, when he became a deconstructionist, he was a mega pastor. Mm -hmm. But when I found him, he was just an author writing to young men in the church. Mm -hmm. Oh, and women. Well, Yeah. I mean, but yes, but like his, from his male perspective, right? Yeah, like, he kissed dating goodbye. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the point where I tuned him out, actually. And then he, <laughs> then he kissed Christianity goodbye. <laughs> mm. and, and then he, he Christ, then he kissed his, his wife, wife goodbye. goodbye. Oh. And now he's a life coach 
who has weekly meetings oh, and okay. and he he sells his advice. Oh. So basically he has a life coach church. Huh. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So he and he, did he use the term deconstruction and uh, he used evangelical. He and all used evangelical mm-hmm. more than deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that I know or that I've read that kind of say deconstructed and they like, stick with it mm-hmm. more so have walked away from organized religion and they say they still have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, case in point is the. The guy from uh, DC Talk, um, Kevin Max. Yes. He, I would say he's the platinum blonde hair guy, but there's <laughs> two of them. <laughs> no, so uh, he, so he is a no so, longer a Jesus freak. No, mm, oh, he is a renounced religion, religious Jesus freak. Okay, all right. So he's so he says he still loves Jesus, but will not step foot into an organized church. Hmm. Well, I would love to say I've never heard that concept before, but yeah. I've heard that in Lowndes County, Georgia. Yeah, and the so. sap, and let's not talk about the verses that talk about um, Christians coming together and worshiping, but mm. whatever. <laughs> well, so I guess we could say then that all ex-evangelicals, mm, no, I don't know if we could do that. As I say, that whole you know, all evangelicals have deconstructed, but not all deconstructionists were evangelicals. I think I, I think you can say that. Yeah, well, but of course there's going to be outliers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Then another big one is uh, you say George Perdikas. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh-huh. And you go, "Who's George Perdikas?" <laughs> you ever heard of the band Newsboys? Oh yeah, he was the original lead singer for the band. Now, were they the ones that don't eat that they don't serve breakfast in hell? Was that the Newsboys, or was that also DC Talk? It's that ba- DC Talk and Newsboys mm-hmm. are basically the same band. Because aren't they all Aussies? No, no. Newsboys are Australian, yes. I think. Uh, I don't know if DC Talk is. No, um, no, they're 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 American. Toby Mac is from like Detroit. Oh well, yeah, which is close <laughs> to Sydney, Australia. <laughs> but um, he is. He originally wrote half of their their first album. He actually never sang with them in public or toured with them. So oh, he's he, just like a yep. So you go, who cares? <laughs> he is he is one of the most active mm-hmm. ex evangelicals in the world, and he actively tries to uh, debunk and deconstruct deconstruct and disprove Christian music. Wow, he is one of the leaders. In trying to topple Christian music, and he, mm. and anytime some some uh, pastor or mm-hmm. musician slips Flames up, out. yeah, I'll I'll even say slip up because yeah. we all slip up, yeah. But they're they're on a pedestal because mm-hmm. we put them there, yeah. So the fall's harder. <laughs> but he's the first one to just like poke fingers and just like see, mm. I told wow. you, yeah. You know? I mean, I'm I, yeah. And then he obviously had a bad experience, yeah. or experiences at some point. And then one, which is sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And I don't mean so. I don't want to like be like, well, that's another person. I'm just gonna talk. Like it's sad to hear yeah. these stories. It really is. Because mm-hmm. um, you just think, okay, what what happened? What were the events? What were the what occurred that brought that person there? And it's not like. 
you know, we can't save anybody. No. But it's it's like you wonder like what relationships were broken, what what happened that that brought them to that point and that no one was 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 anyone with them alongside of them while they were deconstructing. But and sadly, what we find often is that people will remove themselves from Christian community mm-hmm. while they're in the process of deconstructing or they've removed themselves and then they start to do their deconstruction and and so they're not around people who are going to like call them out yeah. or say no 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 let's let's look at this together let's talk this out together kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, I'm I'm glad you brought that up about community because mm-hmm. that goes to my next example. Yeah. Who and I don't I watch a lot of YouTube. Do you watch a lot of YouTube? I do, but not probably what you watch. I watch a lot of people who lives in live in their vans in like Canada and they like <laughs> And I mean, they're not, I mean, technically, I guess they're homeless, but th- these are people who are like full-time people and they earn like, yeah, they love like being on the road. So I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Anyway. I watch some of those people. but Or bushcraft stuff where people just go out and like they'll build a... You had me, chop, then you lost me. They, they'll, they'll like chop down like these sapling trees and build a little hut and yeah. sleep in it one night and then move along. Yeah. Anyway. So... I'm weird. <laughs> This YouTube channel, it's one of the biggest in the world, actually. It's called mm-hmm. Good Mythical Morning. Oh, oh yeah. Hosted yeah. by two guys called Rhett and Link. Mm-hmm. I it, never listened to it their until, sh- yeah. Their shows are fantastic. Yeah. Like, the stuff they do, mm-hmm. like... And it, they're still on, yeah? Yeah, they've been... This is They just started their 21st season, like 10 years of YouTube. Which is crazy. They, so they were on the they cusp. Were, they were on the cusp of YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, um... Uh, they, you know, their channel is very clean. Mm-hmm. Like you can watch it with your kids mm-hmm. and the way they carry themselves. And I didn't know this. I didn't think about this at the beginning, but then I was like, you know, these guys got to be Christians, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would be awesome. Right. Yeah. And then I dig a little deeper into them and I find videos of them doing, creating Christian media, like. 2002 2003 wow for the ministry campus crusaders i don't know if you've uh, heard campus of it. crusade for christ yeah yeah, yeah that i one. think they're, they're called crew now but yeah, 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 yeah 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 so they were like really big on in that in on the liberty the campus uh-huh oh, oh okay yeah like they were like the top two top dudes at liberty for crew hmm. um and they were creating children's material like like they were originating so much Christian content, it, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've actually seen some of their stuff before. I'd even seen their um, Good Mythical Morning stuff. Uh-huh. But then you go through, um, and there's they had this podcast also called Ear Biscuits, and okay, it, and I've it, heard of that. Yeah. And it gets into a little bit personal, more mm-hmm. personal stuff. And then there's one that talks about, and it says our faith journey. I'm like, sweet, I can't wait to listen. And then it opens up with one of them saying. He's he's now an hopeful agnostic. Wow. And then the other one goes, I'm a straight out atheist. I don't believe that a guy rose from the dead, period, end of story. Science doesn't work that way. Wow. Yeah. And then and then you go through and it's actually a really good listen because they spend like an hour and a half on each of their own deconstruction stories. So mm-hmm. if this interests you, go go look it up, Ear Biscuits, Rhett and Link's deconstruction story. Um but it talks about how when their sh- their YouTube channel got big enough, they moved it to L.A., mm-hmm. and they removed themselves from, from community. And they talk about how the community was the best part of the church that, that they can remember. Huh. And it, ha- it kept them tight. 
Yep. And then when they moved to LA, they started seeing all the evangelical stuff that people like to hit on the white dudes in charge of everything <laughs> and not taking care of everybody else and not loving anything else. And they're like, well, how can we be a part of something uh-huh. that goes against of what Jesus taught? Uh-huh. And now there's no one to kind of, and this is me inferring, there's no one there to kind of snap us back to reality. Well, now that I've questioned what I've been believing that these old white dudes are telling me, <laughs> yeah, I got to be wrong about this Jesus guy too. Mm. Yeah, that's like, sad. It, not only did I believe the lies of these guys, but then I also believe, believe the lies that they were tell, telling me. And like that's how their deconstruction goes. Mm-hmm. One of them wants to believe again, mm-hmm. but is not in a f- place where he has community to kind of help him, and the other one has just completely written it off. Wow. Wow. And, and I would say uh, it probably... It probably didn't. Um, I mean, I'm guess I'm guessing they're fairly well off. Oh yeah, they're fine. <laughs> I mean, at one point they were the biggest channel on YouTube, yeah. making millions. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me think kind of kind of rich, rich young ruler ish um, scenario there. Yeah. You know, uh, any any other people that you that you thought of or that you found. Um, no, those are those are the ones I really spent time on. Uh-huh. Um, another vocal one that pops up is Abraham Piper, who is John Piper's son. Oh, yeah, and he is big on TikTok. Yeah, and is very um, vocal and uh, I mean he knows his stuff, but he is like he better combative. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think to to Christians from yeah. from the little bit I've seen, but you know I haven't seen that. Um, let me say this. Thank you, Josh, for, for that. Um, I've already said it, but I'll say it again. Like asking questions, not agreeing, mm-hmm. having a different point of view. None of those things are wrong. And I want to give some scripture reference, actually. Um, I'm not going to read the verses. So if this is something that you, um, you know, want to look up later. Uh, where are we in the in the time timestamp? We're at thirty four minutes. Okay, so if you want to come back later to look up these verses around the thirty four minute mark, but so Scripture notes that that how um, sincere Christians can sometimes come to different conclusions. You can go to Romans fourteen verses one through five and read that. You can go look at First Corinthians chapter ten uh, verses twenty eight through thirty two. Um, scripture also tells us in John chapter five, verses 39 and 40, that we can be stubborn and we can interpret God's will wrong, Mm -hmm. wrongly. Um, and this is also important that, um, everything is not subject to, um, opinion. First Corinthians chapter three, verses 10 through 14. It's just, just because we have an opinion about it doesn't mean that, that we can change whether it's true or false, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Same thing in first Corinthians chapter 15, verses three and eight. Um, but it does mean, and Matthew chapter seven gives us this, that everything should be open to sincere questions. Matthew seven, verses seven and eight. Um, deconstruction claims to explore a, a lot of issues within within faith, but its ultimate it seems as if its ultimate motivation 
is not to understand but to undermine. Mm-hmm. That That's really what it feels like. And I know that I'm speaking from a defensive standpoint. I know I am. Yeah. I'm not blind to that. Um, but I don't get a sense of understanding. I get a sense of I want to prove you wrong. I'm a deconstructionist, so I want to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to prove the faith wrong. Um, so what we find, again, in Scripture, it, it often... It shows us you can go read scripture and find people who are crying out and they are doubtful and they have complaints and they are frustrated. And um, there are people who examine what they believe and, and why they believe it and they assess those views for truth. Whenever we do that, we're following the biblical mandate found in 2 Corinthians 13 5. But this is not what modern deconstruction what the modern deconstruction movement does in my mm, opinion yeah um I, you know i honestly i would like to this is a generalization mm-hmm. but every everything over the last okay. year year and a half i've read about deconstruction and evangelicalism is about they put so much faith in a person or a ministry yeah. That let them down. Yep. And then now they want to poke holes at the faith and the that Bible. That that person mm-hmm. or and, that organ- organization right. claimed to. And okay. now what they want to do is they want to poke holes in it and say, oh, nope, you're not going to get me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't want to be vulnerable to that yep. where they felt like they were hurt and let down. Right, which goes back to what I said a minute ago. It was like, I, I, like wh- who hurt or ha- what occurred that mm-hmm. caused them to... Yeah. Start down that path. And, and I think I think that happens I mean it happens to everybody, but then just the le- the level of these people's dedication to it beforehand was so mm-hmm. high to a person or a ministry that they had a real long They had they, a hard fall. They had a had a hard <laughs> fall. And yeah. and unfortunately when we put I don't I don't know who said it and I'm not gonna say it right, so I'm not gonna um, try to quote it exactly, but when you put your faith in people or a thing mm-hmm. and not Jesus, you're going to be let down 100% of the time. Yeah. C.S. Lewis, don't yeah. put all your hope in people because the best of them will fail you and all of them yeah. will die from mere Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I'm doing myself a disservice if I put all my faith into you Please or the don't. porch. Please don't. I, I know I did a disservice when I put trying to get everything, every bit of happiness out of my life on Kara. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Yep. So anytime that we put what we think is our, when we think we're putting faith in Jesus, but we're actually putting it on a, a preacher or a ministry, we're going we're gonna to get hurt and we're going to fall. And then that's where that's where I think these that people live. That person will fall and then you will fall with them. Yeah, that's where I think these people live. Mm. And... Um, there was an article I read last night that said um, the podcast that we've talked about, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, mm-hmm. has done has brought has spiked the number of ex evangelicals and deconstructionists in in the United States. Wow! The, like they relate it to that to that podcast because as it, they listened, they were like, "I went through this on I some went, scale." And if it's happening here and there, then it's happening everywhere, and I'm out. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, and I think that's, the you know, the church and Christians have to take a large chunk of the blame. Oh, yeah, for we sure. Ha- and so where where churches and church members act like 
and pastors act like social clubs mm-hmm. and and as and, and where we fail to wrestle with those difficult questions that some people have yeah. about faith um or the flip side if as a faith community we obsess over teachings and things that are secondary and mm-hmm. that are not as important or they're superficial but we make them be much more than they are and we hold someone to a standard that they yeah. are never going to meet right and what that does is it cements this cultural or yeah or, or we bring in this cultural or political preference mm-hmm. and, and yep. into and and try to attach it to christianity those errors those mm-hmm. actions yeah they feed the false narrative that the modern deconstructionists are like, see, yeah, told you, see, told you. A, a lot of yeah. modern deconstructionists attach uh, the re-election campaign. Of oh my goodness, Donald gracious. Trump, yes, to Christianity and why, and that's mm-hmm. their tap out point. Yeah, the twenty twenty one is considered the year of the ex evangelical. Yeah, or tw- <laughs> well, and tw- yeah, and I think twenty twenty was like the pot boiling over yes, into yes, that yes. because you had. The political landscape, we had all the racial issues. Everybody I mean, was trapped at home ha- with their computer. Not that there hasn't always been racial issues, but so many instances um, arose in 2020. And then COVID, mm-hmm. um, it was like the perfect storm for the perfect storm. <laughs> and you couldn't, and for six months, you couldn't go to yeah. church. Yeah. Like, so talk about the, the, the community. Weight, the weight of COVID keeping us from community with fellow believers Mm -hmm. i don't think we've seen the all the ramifications of that yet right right well and but i will say and and i don't know if you've done this reading and i don't have anything in front of me to quote or anything but i have read and i want to probably attribute a lot of this to carrie newhoff who does just incredible writing for speaking to the church and Mm -hmm. teach and and that but is is an upside to the um a year after the that horrible year of 2020 mm-hmm. and then 2021 and, and now here we are is that those who and i know it's a side deal but those who did quote come back to church mm-hmm. um who made the effort to engage with the church um after a time of being away that the church is actually in some ways healthier oh yeah there's yeah because um it's like a choice being made to come instead of because the the um the social and cultural oh we all go to church is you know, lifted. this is what we do that has been taken away yeah like a lot of people don't feel that pressure anymore and so they're like oh well i, I don't have to go i mean i know i'm the new banker in town and i was told i should go join x and x you know whatever but i don't church, have to but i don't have to anymore because that's not a thing so i'm not going to but like so the people here that are coming to church are a little more passionate, connected. but, but we, but I, but I want to come back to that point. I think the failures of the, of the church, mm-hmm. um, they can and should be corrected where, yes, where it, we have made things uh, more important than they should be that are mm-hmm. not, that they are the secondary. They are the, they are the opinions compared to the doctrine and the dogma. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, those need to be owned and corrected. Um, but um, what what may be surprising to, I think, some deconstructionists is that what they now call deconstruction is actually, it's not like a brand new thing. It's described in Scripture. Yeah. 
It is described in scripture how some people will deconstruct. Mm -hmm. So I'm about to give some more verses. So where's our timestamp on this one? 43 minutes. Okay, so come back to 43 minutes later and look and listen to these verses and write them down. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, uh, scripture tells us there will always be those whose connection to faith is superficial. Uh, so deconstruction is not a brand new thing. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, other people have understanding that is fragile enough, an understanding of God, of Jesus, it is fragile enough to fail once it's put under any kind of pressure, under strain. Matthew chapter 13, verses 20 and 22, Jesus tells us a parable of the sower and it includes two groups of people who demonstrate a response to when they receive the truth that that seed they are overcome by worldly pressure or persecution like they just give in um second timothy chapter four verses three and four paul knew people often would succumb to attractive lies things that are not true but they seem so very good um, also in chapter 4, verse 10 of 2 Timothy, Paul witnessed a close friend who just gave in to popular trends um, and just walked away from the faith. John chapter 6, verses 65 and 66, Jesus himself saw people walk away because they did not want to accept his message. You see it over and over again. And so, though some might deem a deconstructed faith to be a superior decision, like I have finally received all the information and now I am above you, I've made this, you know, I've, I've finally arrived. Deconstruction almost always, all too conveniently, <laughs> means moving away from positions and issues not embraced by popular culture. Mm-hmm. Almost to a T. Yes. Who is deconstructing and going um, and and claiming things that are not wi- widely accepted culturally? Y- you don't see it. No. Um, the vast majority who claim to be deconstructing are moving with the flow mm-hmm. of their surrounding culture, not against it. Right. Um, deconstruction usually settles for that those popular answers and. Most definitely personal preference, mm-hmm. which we've we've talked about quite a bit. Um, and we'll talk about more in Toxic yes, Theology. Yes, we will. We will. Because, see, while this is what I notice, while deconstruction implies openness in theory, mm-hmm. like I'm just, I'm open to, to see what I see, it most often presents itself as an escape clause when it comes, like, to down to someone needing to justify their their new or their progressing views mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like oh well no here's my way out i'm deconstructing yeah like and that that's just what i see and ironically those who reject christianity for not engaging questions that can themselves be deeply evasive when you push back against them and say explain this to me Mm-hmm. Why are you deconstructing? Why did you throw this out? What occurred? Oh, I just did. What What changed? I don't know. You know, or even they might have good answers, but it, it's, I've said this before. It is okay to ask questions. It is always okay to ask questions, but you've got to seek the answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to ask hard questions. It really is. Any of us can ask hard questions. Complex mysteries can be posed in just a few words. It's not difficult to do, but answering those questions 
takes time and it takes effort. And simply listing complications or nitpicking is not the same as sincerely assessing like doctrine and faith that people hold. It's just not, it's not the same to just throw out stuff. No, you're right. Um, I know I can get kind of fired up about this, but identifying as someone who's in deconstruction can become a really easy excuse for never taking a position, but just being never taking a position for something, but just taking a position of merely rejecting yeah. something that they dislike. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like that. So I'm, I'm deconstructing that. It, it's you know? all, it's, I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. Uh, Mm-hmm. allowing cultural preference to to shape your religious view. Yes. And and that's terrible. Like mm-hmm. anytime we deviate from the Bible, we're going to corrupt ourselves. Right, even with the best of intentions. Even with the best of intentions. Right. Like the billboard that says Jesus loves everyone including the Democrats. Right. Is, that's wrong. That's wrong. Right. Or um They're like oh, I'm going to be funny. Yeah. You know, like anytime we deviate for, from what the Bible says and and you you said we have to abide and remain in the Bible. Yes. That anytime we get away from that we're going to give we're going to give people with a reason to mm-hmm. want to be away from Christianity. Yeah, and let's not let's not act surprised like what I had no idea that if I'm not close to Jesus that that's going to happen. Yes. It's called humanity. It's called sin. It's called it's called our it's who we are apart from Him. Yeah, like the best of us. I don't care who you are, apart from I'm him, talking about me. <laughs> right, right. Um, and that's the thing. Like I think there's this there's this tendency to feel like superior when we point out flaws in someone else's views. I mean, you and I sitting here with a microphone going, "Well, here's what we think, and those people are wrong." Like it's it's a yeah. it's a human thing to do that. But I will say this, like when when someone forgets that the questioning process is supposed to go both ways, mm-hmm. um, it can feel like, I mean, obviously it would feel like you're being attacked, but when challenged to ex- to explain views, often what I see and what I've read, deconstructionists just complain that they're just not being given an opportunity to ask questions. Like, oh, I deconstructed. I'm deconstructing from the faith because I was not given an opportunity to ask questions in that environment. And let's be real. I'm sure there's a lot of churches and a lot of Christians, a lot of pastors who maybe didn't allow for questions to be asked. Yeah, but did that person try to get plugged into a community group aspect of a Sunday school or something like that where it actually is the platform to ask questions? It should be. It should be. And and that's the question I would pose. Like, if you... Of course, you're not going to be able to ask questions in the middle of a Sunday service, right? Right. Yeah, like right. that—that's not going to happen. But, but, and, and you're—that's true. And I think that's where the challenge for those who are constructed, <laughs> constructing, um, <laughs> we need to lovingly, like humbly, engage questions from people who have who are seeking yeah. or who are doubting yeah who have maybe been the been there forever yeah and then suddenly they're like you know what i don't know maybe something occurred in their life a death of a loved one a failure of a relationship and they're going you know what i don't i don't know and i and you and i keep coming back to this today but like to be in community with people who say hey like you were just saying maybe where you feel like 
the ground is shaky is because you you didn't and we have to find a way to say this that's not like accusatory but be like was your foundation on god was your mm-hmm. foundation in jesus christ was it in his word or was it in that failed relationship or was it yeah. in the um you know are are you taking the pain the mourning of the loss and attributing it to god punishing you because let's look at god's word together and see that that's not what's happening mm-hmm. um and my, all that happens in community yeah the the guy i consider my youth pastor challenged me one time and said uh, for every chapter you read of uh of oh, a guy yeah. you should read two chapters of the bible <laughs> if you're reading more of like fiction <laughs> yeah no, or, no. or just anything. like if you're reading more of piper than you are the bible something's oh. wrong if you're reading more of driscoll than you are the bible something's wrong mm-hmm. yeah yeah these guys are talking about the bible but if you're not going to the source yeah. material all you're getting is opinions yeah yep and i think that's the thing like if someone uh you know, if someone comes to you with questions that, first of all, let me encourage you, listener, if someone comes to you with sincere questions, like they really do want answers, it's okay for your answer to be, I don't know. Um, follow it up with, let's look for an answer together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, don't feel like you have to have all the answers. None of us do. None no. of us do. Um, but you can look for the answers together, and I think that's okay. Um, and... Don't be a jerk if you think the question someone asks is is to you elementary. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That's a big one for me. Yeah. Oh well, of course. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. No. Like that was I was guilty of that for a long time of like. And that's just probably a lack of maturity. Yeah. And, but and, like the basic Christianity questions, yeah. I would scoff at people when they ask those, and then just spout off all this stuff that was. It was correct information, but it was more derogatory in tone than mm, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not saying anybody does that, but I did it. Yeah, no one else, just you. Yeah. No one's ever done that besides you, only you. Um, so, okay, maybe deconstruction is a new word you're hearing today for the first time. I'll tell you this, though. You will hear it. You will notice it now that we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed how that happens? Yep. Um, but it, it is a newer uh, terminology or way that it's... It's just out there. It's popular. Mm -hmm. I I guess that's the way to say it. Um, But I will, and I think this is really important for us to know, is that there are thousands of years, thousands of years, where the most brilliant minds created by God, (laughs) gifted by the Spirit of God, have written down responses to these kinds of questions. Mm Mm-hmm that people are saying, oh, this is why I'm deconstructing. I mean, thousands of years of super, super gifted people who have said, okay, let's let's get into this and look at uh, what the problem of evil. You know, why mm-hmm. do bad things happen to good people? Right. You know, um, did God create evil? Did God create sin? Like, what, you know, mm-hmm. did, does God send people to hell? Like, yep. all these kinds of questions that... Um, and so for anyone who's taken the time to study these in, in depth, the question isn't if someone has given a satisfying answer yet. Um, 
because they're, like I said, thousands of years, people have worked through these, these things, like really, really smart people. We have them in books. We have them. They're available to us online, um, from scripture. Their exhaustive treatment has been given to these kinds of questions on this textual criticism. Um, so there's not, it, for any who think that, well, I, I'm deconstructing my faith because this question has not been answered. I'm telling you, that question has been answered. Mm-hmm. Do the work. Look yeah. for the answer. Um, and be honest. Like, don't, de- don't say you're deconstructing because of X when X has been answered. You know, um, if it's something else, then claim that and, and, and deal with that. But, like, as Christians, we shouldn't be surprised when deconstruction stories pop up. We shouldn't be. I think because just like there have been thousands of years of people answering this question, that just tells me there's thousands of years of people posing the question. Mm -hmm. Um, And so turning away from faith isn't a new thing. It's it's not a new thing. And it seems like those who are denouncing Christianity believe like, oh, I've discovered this new option here. I mean, it might be new for them, but it's not new. Right. I mean, you know, it's kind of like when you get a, a new-to-you car. Like, it's new to you, but it might not be a new car. You know, it could be a five-year-old model. I mean, this is not, like, deconstruction is not brand new. Um, it's not um, maybe as original as, as some of them want to think. Uh, let me say this. The, the pattern of rejecting God's word and his way um, that we find this in scripture. It started at the beginning of humanity, Josh, the beginning of time. And it will continue until God makes all things new, mm-hmm. until Jesus returns. There are going to be people who are rejecting what God has to say. And and that is, I'm not writing people off. I'm just saying that is the, the fact of... Fact of the matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul told um, Timothy... Uh, that apostasy, right? The abandonment or, you know, renouncing their belief in Christianity. That's apostasy. Oh, okay. Is being like, nope, don't believe it anymore. Um, Paul told that in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Now, that might sound harsh and might be like, whoa, you're talking about demons and, and spirits. But any any belief system, Josh, that opposes God and rejects the gospel of Jesus, it comes from the enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is the deal. And he's crafty and he's destructive. And it's what it is. Yeah. I mean, so Paul, we have it in the Bible. Paul telling Timothy, there's going to be people who deconstruct their faith. Yep. So it's not, it's not a brand new thing. And there are the, there are several, there are multiple biblical accounts of people who leave the faith in the New Testament. So we shouldn't be surprised that there are similar events. That doesn't mean, again, that we wash our hands or go, well, don't have anything to do about it. I think we have a responsibility as the church. Yes. We most definitely do. Um, there are going to be people who claim to have faith in Jesus today and tomorrow they won't. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just, um, Jesus himself said this would happen. Um, in Matthew 24, 12, he said the love of many would grow cold. Yeah. Um, Paul, he talks about his friend. I mentioned earlier, um, Demas, 
Um, he calls him a fellow worker in in Philemon and in Colossians. But then later in his ministry, he writes that Demas ended up loving the present world more than the things of God, and he walked away. And he was telling this to Timothy in Second Timothy. So I mean, Paul's yeah. talking about one of his fellow workers who walked away. Yeah. So um, I mean, you see the similarities there of Demas. He traded um, his eternal hope for mm-hmm. earthly treasure. I mean, that it's just it's right there. Go ahead. What and, were you going to say? And I don't know about you, but if if I go, where do you call them? Ex-evangelicals, uh-huh. uh, deconstructionists, ex-churched, fallen away, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Of Back, backslid. Backslid. Um, I don't know of any of them that are their prime, like their first step back was because of anything in the Bible or anything of Jesus. It's always outside influences mm. that causes it. Mm. Whether it's outside influences that are in the church or outside influences that are out of the church. But it is always yeah. man and the devil interfering mm-hmm. with is what starts the deconstruction. Yeah, and I, and as you're saying that, I'm sitting here trying to think, I, and I know it's true, it's true of me, how difficult it is for us to separate what we read in God's word versus um, the actions and intentions of people who claim to follow God's word. And see, like, and that's, that's yeah, difficult. That, that, that was a struggle for me with, I mean, keep going back to Mark Driscoll. Sure. Why not? But I mean, that was a big thing for me with him. Uh-huh. You know, I had to decide was my faith in Jesus or him, <laughs> you know, cause I'm glad you chose Jesus. Well, because when when you've read the books and you've listened to the podcast and you put more time into that than the Bible, mm-hmm. you go, where is my faith really? Yeah, and we have to be careful of that. I mean, listen, I know this to be true. If anyone knows me even a little bit at all, like, I, don't put your hope in me. Uh, a good pastor friend, Mike Mobley, he's in Cairo. Um, I'm totally stealing this line. Well, it's his line. I'll tell you what he says. He says, if you hang around me long enough, I'm going to disappoint you. Ooh, and that's yeah. and it's that's true, true because he's a human being you mm-hmm. know and as a pastor I am as a believer I am same you are like that's just the way it is um and and I re- I mean I've hit the I've said it four or five times in this podcast I think that that's where all this deconstruction really like the people that are my generation mm-hmm. are these these guys that I've mentioned you know right? like a little yeah. bit older than me yep but these were the guys that I was looking up to and like i think they're from story after story their deconstruction is we saw something that the people that were leading Mm -hmm. the church were doing that we don't that we didn't agree with so now we found now we find fault in what they were teaching Mm -hmm. yeah so instead of the fault with the person they find the fault with the teaching instead of the fault of the person they find the fault of the teaching yeah yeah, and I and I and I hundred percent believe that that's where the modern majority de- the modern deconstruction comes from. Yeah, and I think there needs to be, uh, and I'm definitely talking to myself here, but like, you know, as believers, as leaders in the church, um, as pe- if if you're an outspoken Christian, if you're someone who claims faith in your workplace and in, in your life, you you know, we need to be willing to. Um, 
recognize and repent mm-hmm. of anything we've done that has hurt the witness of Christ. Yeah. Um, because we certainly don't want to be part of someone's deconstruction story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would... Oh, I mean, it's probably true, but like to we'll think about having your name attached to someone's deconstruction story. Yeah. It just is, that's painful mm-hmm. to think about. Um, and when you think about like with Paul talking about his friend Demas, who traded, you know, eternal hope for like right now, earthly mm-hmm. possessions, yeah. it's the same old sin of adam and eve oh yeah it it goes back i mean what did they do they rejected the will of god Mm -hmm. um in favor of their desire right right then and and what's more i mean and then (laughs) the pattern of blame shifting oh yeah of going i mean adam was like oh no the this this chick you gave me and and what did eve do oh the snake you know like Mm -hmm. everyone was like it wasn't me you know, and so it's it's the same old thing in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And I started out mentioning the the book "Amusing Ourselves to Death" by Neil Postman. Um, I think he was onto something when he wrote, "quote What Orwell, who wrote 1984, right. feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, feared was that there would be no one, there would be no reason to ban a book." For there would be no one who wanted to read one. <laughs> yeah. How, how many... why, why ban a book when you can create a community in which no one will want to read one? Mm. Why ban Christian writing? Why 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 ban prayer in school? Why ban anything like that when you can just create a community that's like we don't care that that tweet like, culture? Yeah. Can it fit in 180 characters? Ooh, yeah. Or how how many times have I know I've said it? Uh, TLDR. Too long, didn't read. <laughs> Which is pretty much everything I send to the staff about stuff. No, no, but I'm like, just kidding. But like, when when I get a text message that is like paragraphs long, or yeah. someone makes a post that's paragraphs long, yeah, I don't read it. Yep. Too yep. long, didn't read. Man, yeah. Jesus said this in Luke twenty in Luke nine verse twenty three. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me following Jesus, it, it is an all or nothing proposition. It really is. Yeah. Um, and without a doubt talking about modern deconstruction, our current, and, and I say our current cause I'm living in it, but a hundred years ago, someone would have said the same thing, but we're in times where denying self is an increasingly foreign concept. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I mean, we are about self-glorification. You know, my desires are what, you know, my ideas have the most merit. My truth matters. We're going to be talking about that in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I determine my destiny, you know, all those things. Um, And in the middle of that, we find this message of Jesus who says, deny yourself. Deny what you think is the most important in your life and follow me take on this burden and follow follow after me and throughout scripture we see that truth repeated that we cannot pick and choose what we believe or what commands we're going to obey or not obey there's a requirement in this journey of faith to follow after him mm-hmm. um, i'm thankful for grace that is offered when we step off side out, out off the path um, and we recognize that and we say oh i'm going to get back on the path 
and the grace of God is there, um, to receive us. I'm thankful for that. Um, but we, we can't just accept God's love, but then reject his holiness or reject his justice. Like right. it's, they've got to be all together. And it, talking about buffets in Vegas, Josh, mm-hmm. Christianity is not a buffet. No. I mean, as much as you, they're, they're fun to, you know, check out, mm-hmm. but it's not a buffet <laughs> where, where we get to choose the different truths we want. And, you know, and, and we go, okay, this one I like, this one's good and, and leave the rest there. Um, faith in Jesus is a truly, um, Invet, it's an, a true like radical investment and sometimes of our it's, lives. It's and it's not, countercultural. Yes, and it's not. And the counterculture part of it is never an easy pill to swallow. No, it doesn't make sense to, um, to, to our own minds often, much less other people. And so there are going to be people who go, "Why are you doing that? Why are you following that? Why are you making those choices? Why are you parenting that way? Why did you, you know, like?" all these life decisions that are like, I'm trying to follow after Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, it's, it's all or nothing. It's it, all or yeah. nothing with him. Um, and I think that, that we can be people who are saying, you know what? Um, I, why are we doing the Bible series? Why are we about to do this series um, on toxic theology to identify those things that might be pulling us in a different direction? And we think it's faith and we think it's Christianity, but it's been kind of, you know, masked and attached and whatnot. Why is our upcoming Lent series that's leading us to Easter about um, what are the things that are uh, that, that, that honor God, like what are the things we're going to seek after in our life, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, it, that we find in the book of Philippians, like, why are we doing all that? Because why don't we be people who are constructing and we are continuing to work on our faith and building it up, building it on the foundation of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, not on another person or another, uh, an idea, but on that solid, solid foundation that's what we should be striving for. So, yeah. Yep. There we go. And that's all I got. <laughs> that's about all I got to say about that. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listener, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, I know it's, it might have been a little bit longer than... Hour than, 10, yeah. Yeah, a little bit longer than we have done recently. But um, go back and listen to those timestamps. I believe it was a 34-minute mark and the 43-minute mark where we talk about a lot of Scripture. Yep. Go and look it up late, uh, in a little while when, when you're able to do that. And um, we look forward to seeing you soon, talking to you soon. Any updates, information uh, coming? Parents, if you have a fifth through seventh oh, graders, yeah. sign them up for the journey the weekend. The journey weekend. Right now we got 22 students signed up. Yeah, I, I hadn't mean, checked it today. It might be more. Yeah, I don't know. it's going to be a good good week. I'm very much looking forward to it. And it goes hand in hand. Some of you have probably heard me mention uh, the book, The Journey, A Catechism for the Church that I put together. Um, originally, I mean, and that's it's why I did it, but I spent months and months working on this, putting it together for the journey weekend. It's the basics of our faith. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? And the scripture to back it up. Um, and we put it in a book format and it's available. You can get it on Sundays uh, in the lobby um, or you can uh, DM me through social media or Shannon at the porchcc.com if you are far away and want it sent to you. Um, the costs cover, uh, the printing and if we're going to mail it, it's a little bit more It's mm-hmm. eight bucks. If you buy it here on campus or 
10 bucks if we send it through the mail mm-hmm. and uh, all that goes to the church i mean it just goes back to um to, to the church so i'm not making making a uh, dollar bills on yeah. it so but uh yeah the journey so that's what that weekend's about and that's what that book's about and now i will stop talking <laughs> But if you want it, you won't be able to get it this Sunday because you sold out. Yes. Well, no, we have a few. We do have a little bit more. We, oh, do we? We do have a new new one, and I've got two more orders that are in process. So Okay. Yeah, so we'll have, we have about 25, 20-something copies available um, this Sunday. Oh, we will have some available? Okay. We will have a few available this Sunday. So, okay. Yeah. I'm not winking at you. <laughs> she, There's something in my eye. <laughs> I don't know. If she, she's like winking. I'm like... Okay, you're sa- but why are you wigging? You, you'll have I'm some not, available, there is something but, in my eye. <laughs> but you're wigging. Hey, Porch Community, we love you. We're going to go now. All We're right. not making sense. Have fun at Disney, Josh. Bye. See you. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.